You're listening to Talks Machina on the Critical Role Podcast Network. Talks Machina airs on Critical Role's Twitch channel every other Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Episodes are available on Critical Role's YouTube channel the following Thursday and right here on the Critical Role Podcast Network one week later. If you enjoy this episode, please consider supporting by rating and reviewing this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Without further ado, let's dive in to this episode of Talks Machina. <laughs> Are we on the internet? Brian. Yes. We have to be very, very serious. Sure. You're sponsored today. We're sponsored. This episode sponsored? Yes, this episode. Be serious. Be on your best behavior. I understand. I sh- when I saw that it was episode 156, I mm-hmm. should have known because of the significance of that number with this second campaign, you know, with all the numerology and stuff like that. I read the blogs. I should have known. It's a good thing that I started the new bacon grease routine, though, to keep my hair in place. A lot of people have been complaining that, you know, when I laugh or something. And so now I have this bacon grease in there. So uh, we sort of spared no expense on this show for the sponsorship. But I I, I appreciate the heads up because I had a lot of gags planned and a lot of really silly stuff. Um, My friend Greg's here. He makes uh, water balloon animals. Oh, that's nice. Wait, water balloon animals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg, we got to go, man. I'm sorry. Tonight, the mighty... Yep, it's the one on your left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, that's the... (sighs) This is what happens when you get a water balloon guy off Craigslist. The mighty nine are hunted by powerful wizards. Travel to the plane of fire. And set up a potential parent trap. All that and more with my guests, Matthew Mercer... Oh. And Talison Jaffe coming to us live from uh, Airbnb somewhere outside of Tucson. <laughs> All that and more tonight on Talks Machina. We're back. Welcome esteemed guests and esteemed viewers to Talks Machina. As we said at the opening of the show, this episode is sponsored by who, you ask? None other than our friends at 1985 Games. That was a good year. I was three. Danny was 10 years from being born. Talison was 10,000 years after being born. 8,000. 8,000. 1985 Games is introducing their new line of D&D 5e journals and guided sticky notes called Dungeon Notes. I'm explaining this shit to you because it's really cool, and they were nice enough to send it so we could look at it. The journals and the sticky notes are designed to enhance your 5e games by making it easy to understand system for note-taking. So you can literally... It's so cool the way it's laid out in these books. There's tons of notes if you're a grid person, if you're a line person, if you want to draw session maps, character notes, backup character notes. They have it all, literally. World building, tracking character progression, all of them are really affordable as well. So go check out their ongoing campaign now at bit.ly. Dot CR or bitly bit dot L, wait. Oh, Matt, I see why this is so hard for you sometimes. Oh. Even though I'm better at it, it's even hard for me. Hey, now you appreciate it. 
Check out their ongoing campaign now at bit.ly slash CR Dungeon Notes. See, these stickies are cool. You got NPCs, you got location, you got spell slots you can mark off, and it doesn't take up, you know, you don't have to put it all on one sheet and erase it and throw it away if you mess up or anything like that. They're just stickies. Boom, 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 boom. Thank you so much, 1985 Games, for sponsoring the show. These are very cool. I will be maybe passing it off to Talison, especially this this backup character one here. (laughs) That that, that joke will never, ever get old, Brian. Matt, speaking of never getting old, (laughs) you have decided to zoom into the show from where tonight? I'm having a hard time. It looks like... It, it looks a little bit like it's the top of the Statue of Liberty's torch, but I'm having... It could be either that, maybe the Christ statue of Rio in Brazil. Where where exactly are we tonight? To be fair, I had a lot to drink last night, so I'm not entirely <laughs> certain. So this is as much a surprise to you as it is to me. Um, One of those uh, woke up in a dumpster behind Arby nights, huh? Yeah, but a little tall for that. Unless this is a very tall dumpster, in which well, you know, culturally we do worship the trash these days. So, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, is that a slide on this program? No, that I don't know what How that's a slide on this program. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> you can't slide well, something that's at the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. Um, nobody at Nielsen will argue with you. You can only punch down so far before you hit cement, man. (laughs) Welcome to the show. You two haven't been on together in a minute. I love it. This is a good... Normally, this is a very affectionate couch. This is a very warm couch. Um, There isn't a lot of the uh, harsh sort of like violent aggression of a Sam or, you know what I mean, a Laura. There's... It's just a sweet boys, you know, and it's good to have you two back. It's good to be back. Thanks nice. for having us. Yeah, no, this is great. What's on the collar oh. there, Talison? This is just a little bit of of embroidery, you know. I like just, it. Just, I have finally reached the point in uh, in this madness where I just can't wear t-shirts anymore. I know. I'm just, I just, I just hit the end of it like two days ago. I'm done. Yeah. Before so. we know it, summer will be here, and we'll all be in our Hawaiian dad shirts once again, right, Danny? Yeah, I have a lot of those. Yeah. Sweatpants yeah. and button downs. That's what's going on. I follow Crit Roll Closet. I know where all of you get your clothes. <laughs> Just FYI. It's true. <laughs> this they will not be able to find. This this is a this is a step too far. So every once in a while I'll be like, that's a cute shirt Liam has on, and I'll message the crit roll closet people. Find this for me before you post it, will you? Because <laughs> I know it's gonna sell out after all the critters see, oh Liam with this dad sweater, you know, and then I, I buy so much stuff secondhand, and then like they identify it, and I'm like, oh, thank God, I can get it replaced. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> That's no where this came from. There's a, oh. there's a pair of boots that that uh, that Kirk Roll Closet identified for me that I literally have been like on like eBay and secondhand sites and like, trying to refind because I want yeah. to replace those boots before they fall apart. And the yes. only reason I can do it is the only reason I even have a shot is because Kurt Roll Closet identified mm-hmm. what the boots were called. It's amazing <laughs> that if you would have told me a couple years ago with all the crazy cool things that have come out of our community, all these cool little accounts that do silly stuff like track our clothes and then now we get to use it i i kind of you know use it to go see what i've worn on the show before sometimes Mm. and i'm like oh yeah i already wore that (laughs) well we have a lot to talk about tonight and we'll spend a few more minutes on my clothes as we go on great there 
Matt. Yes. You haven't been on in a minute, so we have a lot to talk about. But oh boy, this past episode that just aired, um, we saw a revivify that was successful. Mm-hmm. But even though Luke Bernardo died for nearly a minute, and it was a uh, it was a bit of a nail biter, as they say, you know, <laughs> for those of us who bite our nails while we're on the toilet. Was it, what was it like for you to DM that tragedy? Because did it feel different than other times where deaths occurred in the game, you know, because it's a NPC and everything else? How, how was it for you to DM that moment? Uh, that was weird. Um, it's, it's one thing when it happens because of, of, of player action and, you know, circumstances and the choices they make. Um, when it's entirely on me, unintentional, and it's just kind of realizing different chess pieces that you've set up lead to this circumstance, that's already rough. When it's a child, let alone one that's very important to like a PC and and and, and as such, the the group of players in general, it was a, it was a, uh, one of those oh no moments. Um, I was hoping somebody had a spell slot left. You know, I I was my brain quickly went through the math of like, well, we have two clerics in the group. Even if they can't get to him now, they'll probably be able to get to him with one of other forms of resurrection magic with a good chance since it's his first time. Uh, like, I wasn't... I immediately went to like the... Fuck, 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 okay, 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 I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. Let's see how this goes. Um, and, yeah, it was really stressful at the moment. <laughs> it, was, it was a tough realization just trying to, like, at least once, once I realized what was happening, lean into the the drama of the narrative and kind of begin to pay attention to how such an such an experience might have an impact on Veth, might have an impact mm. on the narrative going forward. Um, I did not set out to have that happen, but when I realized that it was what was going to happen, just tried to see it through and, and hope that, yeah. the, that the players were going to make some good choices to take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can really hope for as a DM and hope that it's not a moment where somebody just shows their true colors and says, well, big gulps, huh? Yeah, I mean, I mean, and if if we're gonna be real about it, like if if things went really badly in that circumstance, I wouldn't prevent their prevent a chance to bring him back. You know, yeah. the point of this game is for your players to have fun and to explore these narratives, and for it to punish a player's story for something that wasn't directly their choice. You know, th- there would have been maybe a, an offshoot, you know, short run series of games to try and and find a way to bring him back, or yeah, you know, like the, I would have found some way to 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 kind of essentially correct the circumstance so the players could could feel good about moving forward in the story and that there wasn't any undue punishment for things that were beyond their control. So, I was yeah. very glad that we didn't have to go there, but I'm I don't believe in in sticking to punishments like that for no reason. Yeah, except in real life. Well, mm. <laughs> I thought Matt was going to be like, "Well, you deserved it." <laughs> what are you drinking there, Matt? You know, last time you two were on the show, Water. Also water. Me too. Hey, send me some of this shit, you guys. This stuff's really good. Send it to me. Um, Just kidding. Talison. Yeah. Hi. (laughs) Speaking of Revivify, Mm -hmm. this was Caduceus's first time casting Revivify. And in a highly intense situation, no less, we were just talking about, what was that experience like for him? I mean, this was very much something that he had... He had 
I don't want to say been training for his whole life, but this is a big deal if you're a cleric. This is a thing that you know how to do, and 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 it was very much coming in like a like an EMT. I mean, all right, all right, all right, we've got this. Let's just do this. We're going to do it by the book. Everything should be fine. Hopefully, <laughs> just just going to focused in and got it done. It was very. Um, the minute things started to go south, it was like, okay, that's the next problem. <laughs> oh, yeah, <no. laughs> yeah, yeah. Another one comes up just as soon as you're. I know that's how it is every game. Um, Had Matt quite hit panic, but yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> me, me. Uh, Yeza and Veth had a really beautiful conversation about mm. blame and guilt, and it was really cool to see him being so supportive of her. What are Yez's feelings about his own role in all of this? It's got to be a very complicated situation. It is. It is a very complicated situation. And I think he, much like how Veth is trying to figure out what it is that she wants, both short-term and long-term, I think he's trying to help her find that while also figuring that out for himself. Hmm. Um, You know, they've been thrown into circumstances, some that were beyond their control, some that were in their control before they realized the ramifications down the line. And there is a lot of kind of just, along with adjusting and reacting to the chaos around them that they seem to have been drawn into, dealing with the fact that maybe they've both made choices in the past that have in some ways led to further consequence that they're now having to deal with and work with. And, you know, I think Yez is also noticing that because Veth is the more active of the two of them, the one who's actually going out and making changes and working towards a better future and, and, you know, trying to stop some of these darker forces out there. Um, she also takes the weight of the responsibility and the the blame for things when they go wrong unnecessarily. And mm. especially when he himself acknowledges that he's partially at fault for even dragging all these people into the conflict, you know, between the dynasty and the empire. And he's still wrestling with that. And he has a lot of time now that he's kind of watching you know, Luke and kind of holding down the fort while his wife goes off and is the the heroic adventurer that she is to kind of contemplate and ruminate on the role that he played in a lot of this and how he's put people in harm's way because of that. As much as he's appreciative for them coming after him, it's a lot of looking back and being like, man, I was was making some poor choices or letting myself be misused in ways without standing up for myself. And, you know, he's filled with a lot of regret too. But He's very much trying to convince Veth, I think, that, that that he's not absolving her of anything that she may have done, but that is a burden that she doesn't have to keep to herself. That's something that can be shared and worked through together. Yeah. And uh, it's it's interesting, because I never intended for it to really necessarily go that deep, but circumstances lead into those moments, and it feels natural for the, for the NPC to speak up and talk about these things. And mm. I don't know, those are some of my favorite moments in the game, or when you get into these deep conversations about the messiness of being human and the philosophies entwined with it without any expectation or preparation for it. You just kind of go for it and see where it takes you. And uh, it was yeah. cool. And you uh, you must love as an actor and a, and a DM to be able to be the one to have those exchanges with your player characters as, you know, I think you flesh out your NPCs incredibly well. The ones that that don't get killed right away by your players. Well, some of them I flesh out really well, too. You just don't get a chance to see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Never living down that Nothic. Never living nope. down that Nothic. <laughs> nope. She said it. But it's got to be fun to, to to be able to do sort of scenes like that, you know. 
It is. With well, players, it, yeah. That, you know, yeah, sure. I love being monsters. I love describing scenes. I love ratcheting tension and seeing how players react to it. But I also, as you said, as an actor, I really love exploring those interactions and and especially when you have no idea where they're going to go. When it, yeah, it's, it, that that to me is some of the best improv is when you're both like throwing the ball back and forth and and figuring out what the next step's going to be. And yeah. I love it. And Sam Sam yeah. is so great when he like Sam's the yeah he's a big goofball the whole group and he's a total troll and all these things. But he also when he lets himself he can become an extremely giving and and deep performer like a scene partner. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't happen as often as maybe with other characters. But when it does happen, it, I I cherish the hell out of it. Where do you think that comes from in him? It's got to be just from hanging out with me the last few years, right? I was going to say, yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head really, there. Just really brought it out of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so convincing, Dallas, and Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> Might as well. Sorry, I woke, sorry I woke you up for that fucking joke of a compliment. <laughs> I'm going right God back to sleep it. after this. So. No, answer this question before you fall asleep. God damn you. Um, you know, much of uh, Caduceus's identity is in him. his role as being a grave cleric. That beautiful prayer with the Wild Mother gave a lot of insight. But, but how does Caduceus feel about revivify magic and things like speak with dead, particularly now that he's using them more often? Uh, speak with dead is is kind of a I mean it's an interesting middle ground because he knows that it's not actually speaking with the dead so it's 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 really just it's really just it's almost medical there's really and nothing's everything's gone this is just kind of reactivating a brain at a certain point or or whatever it is connected to that it's it's just practically just a muscle twitch at that point mm. uh so he doesn't really, I mean, like, that doesn't really prod him in that direction. Revivify, it, it's interesting, because it, it had never really come up. Uh, and I had that moment of, of what is the attitude towards uh, what at first I thought of as, like, bending the rules. Except it's not bending the rules. It's, it's it, you, not to trivialize it, but you knock over a plant, you replot it, you, re, you replant it. It's not, you don't stare at it and go, well, that's over. Um, as some sort of respective life, I'm like no, no, no. We've there's there's still options without uh-huh. getting really weird. This is you know, <laughs> yeah. This is this is not necromancy or anything. And you know, it's it's just it's just doing the work and making sure that okay, is this no? We can we can we can bring this thing back to health. Uh, so it's yeah. I had that moment of oh like no 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 no. This is this is all part of the circle of life. Is sometimes you can save something. It still fits within his belief system. Oh, yeah. yeah. His his own moral ecology. Yeah, and especially, especially considering the stress that he's put himself through over the last uh, last year of being with these people is that you 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 really he's he started to think of himself a bit as a as a battlefield medic, mm-hmm. and you could you, you triage is is just part of the deal, and it's completely acceptable. And while that might not be a thing he does afterwards, it's 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 really become part of him at this point. Yeah, I really love I really love you referring to him as like an EMT and seeing mm-hmm. that as like a, oh I'm built for this. Yeah, this is really this is like what we do. Visual. This is why I'm here. Yeah, yeah, DMT. <laughs> uh, very different character concept. Yeah, somebody it, it, did I miss here? 
especially he's not really helpful in combat other than just sort of maintaining the battlefield. So like I can keep spells, uh, you know, hold spell slots and just kind of be an irritant in the background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You do it well. You do <laughs> thank it well. you. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think Caduceus is very helpful on the battlefield. I do too. Nope. nope. It's, it's nice nope. to have a. It's always nice to have at least one cleric. You know. Got it. Yeah. Matt. Yes. <laughs> Battle Support mercy. Class. Hashtag. Support <laughs> class. Matt, as we know, Trent is tracking down Caleb in the nine with an intense ferocity. Um, can you tell us a bit about what's driving him? Did did he really just want to talk, or was an attack imminent? What can you tell us about about that? So yeah, that that circumstances it kind of came together. Trent would never have arrived if there was if there wasn't an indication that there was some sort of infiltration or attack. And I think the enabling of that first fireball explosion into the second one was enough to definitely get some attention. Uh, but even beyond that, uh, it, it was Jester breaking the concentration on her charm mm. on that one guard mm-hmm. when she created her duplicate. And so the guy that she'd been talking to this whole time was in the other room just sitting there quietly, and then the spell left him, and he was like, fuck, got up and <laughs> ran off to tell somebody what was happening. Uh, and then the explosion just kind of furthered that scenario. And as it is their job, whenever anybody is trying to break into or some sort of a major altercation is happening on the grounds of the sanatorium to notify a member of the Cerberus Assembly and the one that lives right next to there in the tower there is uh, Trent. Whether or not he was there at the moment, um, he was notified very quickly through magical means and then immediately just teleported straight there to see what was going on. Uh, So for him, it was more like a, you know, getting a call from you know, while you're off doing work, you get a call from the security system being like, sir, there's a break-in at your house type thing. And you're like, all right, I'm right there. You know, he didn't know who it was, didn't have any expectation necessarily. Um, but then as it continued to escalate, the minute he saw the illusion, he also realized that it wasn't just a break-in. This was a powerful magic user involved in this somehow, and that even expedited his path. And then noticing that it was Caleb, like he said, it, it, it was an unexpected surprise to him. Uh, I don't think I don't think he wanted to throw down necessarily Uh, I think he was more he was more directly interested in figuring out what exactly the nature of this was Mm. he didn't feel he was out of you know he lost control of the moment or anything he was just genuinely like as much as I could talk about you know without like going too deep into a character that you know part of the, the fun is the the, the mystery behind his specific drives and, 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 and interests and such, and especially in, in Bren, Caleb. Uh, hey, Matt, real quick. Uh, yeah. Brian's internet just died. Um, well, shit. So, yeah, I, I, th- I think there could have been definitely a conversation. <clears throat> I was prepared for a conversation between sessions and many different avenues that could have gone and prepared for a possible battle. I had battle maps of, like, the the top part in case things got really crazy but but instead they managed to to cleverly outmaneuver him in that in his I like to think of it as his surprise of seeing them <clears throat> that moment of being uh, yeah. kind of thrown off was just enough to kind of knock him onto his back foot which was just enough for them to squeeze by with that uh counterspell reaction and that second time and get out of there 
Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I, I, I think his drive from that point <clears throat> was is driven partially out of frustration of being thwarted without a conversation, and different means of frustration and worry, I guess, you know, why were they there? What did they want? They left pretty much without saying a word. And they also have elements of information about him and his dealings. Like there's a lot of things that tie them together that makes the Mighty Nine and Caleb people of interest to him. Uh, but they weren't thrown at the top of the list really until this happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah it's got to raise a lot of questions in his mind. That's for sure. Yeah. So, where, so whereas previously <clears throat> it was very much like a, you know, I'm keeping an eye on them, but they're not my immediate, you know, priority. They they became a priority very quickly. Yeah, yeah. I love your your cunning smile, Talison. We're so fucked. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was like, what's behind there? It's one of two things, probably. Oh, man. Well, to, you know, to lighter subjects of thought, Taliesin, Mm. Luke seems to be so fond of Caduceus now. Is he enjoying his new role as Uncle Caduceus? Oh, yeah. This is, I mean, like, it's it's the thing he misses most about home is being a juvenile shit so it's mm-hmm. it's really nice to have you know <laughs> kind of be able to express that part of him again as opposed to the serious uh life-threatening constant constant uh intensity of life this is like oh yes i remember this this is great uh yep i'm very at home just being a little a little uh difficult <laughs> And encouraging other people to be a little difficult. <laughs> I want that on a shirt. I'm at home being a little difficult. <laughs> difficult. Talison. Oh, this is the year, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it is. It is the season. The year of being difficult at home. So. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the, the instigator facet of Caduceus's personality in such circumstances is definitely a little bit of Talison peeking through in the Oh, yeah. Just, I've, the, I've, just a sprinkle. I've got so much of that of that dumb like laughing powder like ready to go. I'm so excited. Like, I'm sure I can find some terrible uses for that. I'm excited. I hope so. It's items like that. Items that that really have no major bearing whatsoever, and are literally throwaway stupid magical items that I like to just throw in your guys' court in hopes that at some point you'll find some ridiculous way to utilize it and surprise me, you know, on a cupcake or something. It's, it's like a fondue fountain. You're like, what? why do I own this? It's taking up space. And so you're like, ah, <laughs> right now, right now. Hey, I fucking love a good fondue fountain. You know what but I mean? Do, but do you own one? Mm. Yeah, right? not one that you can make fondue in. Yeah, that's okay. I don't, nope, nope, yeah. <laughs> I've never, I've never actually like physically seen a fondue fountain. I've only seen videos online of them going terribly wrong and awry and like causing a huge mess. They scare me. Wait, Matt, what was that cheese fountain I was eating out of at your wedding? Then that wasn't cheese, Brian. No. I think we should probably move on to this week's winner of cosplay of the week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man wait but that was not cheese um i was wondering why they had us dip it the, our shoes under there this week's winner was sent in by rumor king any relation to pullout king 
DM me. Let me know. <laughs> the whole it's important, for, it's important for future lore books that might contain talks mocking to celebrities. At underscore rumor underscore king on Instagram. Photography by at Courtyard Productions with a K on Instagram. Uh, let's take a look. Ooh. Whoa, yes. that's awesome. Nice. So dope. You do not yes. want to fight this person in a dark underpass. I no. love this look so much. God, it's very that's clean awesome. underpass too. So the lining I know it's surprisingly is awesome. clean. Yeah, surprisingly clean underpass. <laughs> I don't know how you find that. <laughs> I'm, um, I, just, I want everything to have that lining. Just oh, I want to wear that every day. Great. So you guys can uh, you guys can attest to this. My abs look exactly like that. You know, like just a perfect shape. My arms are just as buff. This could be me if it weren't for that beautiful face and the rest <laughs> a of bit the of magic features. marker. Sure, Brian, you got a high high opinion the, of yourself. I love the makeup. It looks so good. The coat, man. Yeah, I love the, the material inside <sighs> the coat and everything. That's uh, so Very good. Nice. You know, that's also an outfit you could do at Ren Fair without being too scorchingly hot. You know what I mean? It's kind of a good hybrid outfit for a Ren Fair. That's true. That's R. true. R.I.P. Ren Fairs, but breathe well enough. I know. Eventually, someday. <laughs> this is incredible work. This is so cool. Well done. Congratulations. Wonderful photograph too. Like way, way, way well staged and shot. So. Awesome. Well, congrats to you, Rumor King. Yeah, congrats. They've, they've got that sort of like that intense, I dare you to take a step look too. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Great. It's great. It's the attitude that I love the most. Yeah. It's like that kind of a thing. Throw the well, first punch. <laughs> congrats to you, Rumor King. You have won this. <laughs> Hundred dollar prescription gift card. <laughs> Trying out something new, Talison. To the Critical Role US shop. How cool is that? A hundred big ones. Woo! <laughs> Used to be when I pose for photos under an overpass, I had to charge <laughs> Your coat wasn't nearly as cool, to be fair. <laughs> oh boy. You, you can enter our bi weekly <laughs> contests by visiting uh, critroll.com/slash submit. <sighs> Moving on. Uh, you two were the perfect audience for that awful mm. joke. <laughs> Soon Danny will have internet issues. <laughs> Sorry, you fellas. are my internet issues. <laughs> yeah, true that. Oh, spoken like someone who just celebrated their five, four year anniversary. What was it? Four, four years. Four yeah. years. Oh, wow. Yeah. <sighs> they drop around like flies around here. So the fact that she's kept up with me that long is crazy. And oh. I have worked so closely with you this entire time. It's not it's like best. this is recent. It's it has been best. from day one. Oh, man. <laughs> We're so sorry, Danny. Nah. She secretly loves it. We're just waiting for that secret to be out. <laughs> Any day now. Maybe the five-year anniversary. Pry it from my dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, speaking of prying things from someone's dead hands, if you don't answer this, it's what we'll do to you. Okay. okay. Poor Marion um, has been taken from her safe place, sent to the plane of fire, and now is in Zadash. 
about to reunite with her former lover. Mm-hmm. Cliffhanger, cliffhanger, cliffhanger. How's she doing outside of the obvious? Like a lot of people in this whole narrative from the beginning, being swept up in things that are larger than her and trying to mm. adapt. Um, you know, circumstances kind of push you to the limits. And for her, this is definitely a circumstance that, that she's avoided a long time, both having to do extensive amounts of travel to places she's never been uh, and having to confront the gentleman, the, the, you know, the love of her younger life. So she's, she's having a rough time in some ways, but simultaneously she's enduring. You know, like a like a like a mother would. She's adapting. She's making it work. She, you know, with with without much of a choice, you just kind of do the best you can and and lean on the people that you need to help you when you can't. And thankfully, she has her daughter there. She has friends and people that she trusts. So she's she's doing rough at some times, but she's kind of honestly probably surprising herself and how well she's doing given the circumstances too. And I'm. Um, it's weird to be like, you know, this character that I made up and portray, I'm really proud of them, like, but I am. And, like, it's, I don't know, it's a weird circumstance. But, but yeah. She's... Well, but you have to, yeah, you, that, that character has to adjust to what is being thrown at them and then make adjustments or not and, and grow or not. So, yeah, you could be proud of a character in the same way you could be disappointed in a character. Yeah, <clears throat> true. You know what I mean? Like one that forgets about blood maledicts or, you know what I mean? Like, it's okay to be... You know, both things can be true at the same time. To be fair, the problem was that he remembered his blood, his blood mm. maledict. Yeah, I know, I know. I was just trying to, I was trying to invoke a uh, reaction there. I just don't make a lot of jokes about Molly, so I figured I'd throw one in there. Hey, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and Matt, what about that conversation she had with Caleb? Um, oh yeah. Yeah, talk to us about that a little bit. How did that feel? If if there's one thing, and I think she mentioned a little bit in the conversation, if, if of, of the many things that Marion is incredible at, she is a a studier of the human condition. She mm-hmm. she is a companion to many people from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds, and has seen and heard the stories of so many good, bad, in between um, victims, victimizers. You know, she's seen. And, and talked with people from all these different perspectives, and so that gives her a very special perspective. And like a lot of people that come to her, they feel comfort opening up about their damage. Yeah. You know, she's very much, as much of a, a, a comfort and a companion as she is a therapist to a lot mm-hmm. of her clients. And to a similar degree, she can see elements of that fractured individual within Caleb. And knowing the good that he's brought to his friends and to her daughter, and now in this circumstance, helped possibly save her life from bad circumstances. You know, like, it, she couldn't not speak up. And hmm. kind of just, she she very easily falls into that role of, of kind of maternal comfort and comforter. <clears throat> Because it's it's what it's one of the one of the many things she's really good at. She enjoys it and can see well when people need it. And you can see that in Jester. You could see the the characteristics that Jester has clearly adopted mm-hmm. and that that play themselves out in Jester's own unique way. You know. Yeah. And I think that's so cool. And and even that wasn't in 
implicitly intended necessarily. You know, there were some facets of that, but as the character Jester grew, even before Marion first came into the story, a lot of it was kind of just logicking out what connections and you know and things they would have in common to that degree, and then just finding the character through those interactions. And mm. you know, once again, one of those weird little magical things about the improvisation that comes out of this. But yep. yeah, Marion's a great character. Whenever they go and visit her, I'm really happy. And but always said it so short. So in a weird way, while circumstances are tense, I've been enjoying the fact that she's been along for this ride. Yeah, yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, <laughs> Allison, I'm sm- it was written in the. Th- what? I'm reading whatever. <laughs> I'm not. Don't blame me for your bad jokes. We've talked it's about not- this. Uh, Allison, <laughs> save us from this domestic disturbance with a uh, answer to this question. Yeah. After that terrifying vision of the forest of flesh. Um, which is what my dorm room was called at university. How sure. is Caduceus feeling about the Blooming Grove's safety? Does he believe it was a premonition or warning about the living city? What's going on there? He's afraid that it's that. He's he's not he's he's not pinned it down. He, he's happy to let his imagination wander of all the things that could and could not be. Um, he definitely feel at the very least feels that there's a reason he's having these thoughts and that it's a sign that he just has to that there is a reason to go there he's he's a he's a he's a big believer that these things don't just happen even even if it were a subtle dream it would be the clearly this is what i'm supposed to do mm. and there is a good reason he's more often to think he he's more likely to think that there's a good reason to go versus a danger to go it's he he's he's less inclined of an om, ominous warnings he's had a couple of them recently and he's not used to them and not a fan whereas he's more likely to read something like that as there is there is something waiting there for you that you have to discover either a piece of information or something that you have to put together or some something even in the corruption of your forest that that is going to is going to be helpful to you, even if it hurts. Yeah. So it's 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 not quite a grass is always greener, you know, or or in this case, grass is always you know more fleshy. I'm not sure on the other side, but uh, it, it it's a slightly more positive look in these sorts of things. You're, yeah. God, Danny. Oh, Danny. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, now we got to fucking. Now she's gonna have to be put on the screen because we're all <laughs> referencing it, and it's a very clever trick, Danny. Very, I'm sorry. She knows how to get. All I could uh, think God. of is the terrifying sound a lawnmower would make. Oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the flesh is always greener. Mm. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> she get it like that, Matt. Um, yes. I know, I know you're you're probably not going to be able to say much about this mm. next subject. So I'm, but I wanted to ask about it. So tell tell me what you can. Tell us what you can. Uh, Astrid has been helping the nine with her motivation, seeming to focus on Caleb solely. Is there anything you can tell us about Astrid and where her head is? Well, maybe not as as you know, readable in overall personality as Trent is. I still want to be careful to, you know, not, yeah. not 
discuss things that are still kind of being discussed within the game and and uh, tossed around as possibilities. Astrid is definitely a, 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 another complicated character, as anyone would be who's been through the the life and experience that she has, both her and Aewolf. Um, uh, I can't say too much because yeah. I think I think a lot of these questions will pertain. Mm to discovery within the campaign and where things go from here. Uh, I can say there's definitely, she is definitely legitimately happy to see Bren slash Caleb after mm. all this time, kind of his 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 reemergence into their lives through the recent dealings of the Mighty Nine and this the, the conflict between the dynasty and the empire <clears throat> definitely caught her off guard um, to a certain extent and yeah, I guess we'll just have to see yeah. where it goes from there. Sorry, I wish I could no, that's go good. deeper into it, no, but I'm not going to. that's gonna. good. Danny, I told you we could squeeze a little out of him if we tried hard enough, and we did. No, I like it. I like it. That's going to be someone, like a lot of other characters I can think of, we're going to have a lot of questions about when this is all said and done, mm, you know? Likely, yeah. Kind of like uh, Sinecure's wife in the first what's in the box. You know, I want a full Astrid breakdown, like, not <laughs> yes, breakdown, please. but like I want a full like Astrid like profile in the campaign wrap up. Like, yeah, yeah, big I want time. All the details, big time. Talison, speaking of mm. details, uh, Caduceus had another successful divine intervention recently. Oh man! <laughs> after <laughs> thousands of, uh, how did these connections with the wild mother manifest for him? He must feel so much closer to her after those kind of experiences. I mean, not not to Blues Brothers this too hard, uh, but but he, he I mean, he, he's definitely hit the I'm on a mission from God is uh, yeah, so. Yes. And he's been that way for the for the entire for the entire campaign of like this. This is what I've been waiting for. This yep. is why I'm here. Um, even when it kind of sucks, even when it sucks a lot, he, he it, it's been nice that those things have kind of popped up to remind him like, no, 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 you're doing it right. You're doing it right. Everything's good. Uh, you're probably not going to survive the next week, but you're doing good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. What a, I mean, not quite one in a hundred chance, but like, man, I, I keep, I, I forget so often to make that role. And it's such a great role playing role to have that, that occasional uh, glimmer of, of power. I don't know how at level 20 you deal with the fact that you can do that every day. That's just crazy. But, I don't think I could remember to do it every, you know, if I, if, yeah. Once a day, you can apparently, you can just do something so mind-bendingly stupid. And that's, that's a, I, I would, I would abuse that so horribly. I'm yeah. glad, I'm glad I can't abuse it that, that horribly. And that it is a very <laughs> gentle. Yeah. It's that, that, that's one of those fuck you level 20 abilities. They just kind of threw in there to be like, I mean, if you ever get here at this point, go for it. Why not break the game? <laughs> yeah, might as well. Might as well at that point. Somebody, uh, yeah. Somebody got a counter wild shape, you know. <laughs> Knock it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. If you give every class a really broken ability at, at level 20, then at least they kind of paper, rock, scissors it. Mm-hmm. But they don't. Some, no. are, some are they're just not created equal, Everyone should have, have the option to have a matrix fight by the end of it where you're just like, yes. in reality. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't disagree. Yes. I want one. Um, Matt, archivist Xenoth's treachery has finally come to light. What was it like for you to reveal this to Bo and clear up some of the misgivings about the Cobalt Soul finally? Yeah, it was interesting. When when 
when Marisha originally gave me her character's backstory when, when the campaign first started, and she put in the element of like the cobalt, you know, she was taken by the cobalt soul. Um, in my lore, that didn't make sense. Like that wasn't something that would that would happen within the Minas organization. But I wasn't going to tell her no. That doesn't make sense because hmm. at the same time, it was like, well, this is actually this could be an interesting way to eventually explore kind of corruption in systems that even fight corruption, you know, or, or places you wouldn't expect it. And so I just kind of looked forward to a time where it would make sense to come to light or it would evolve, whether I gave her the opportunity to pursue it herself, if she really like felt like she was, it was something that she wanted to, to root out and, and be a, a flag that she championed. And then over time as that, she moved on and basically Beauregard acknowledged that, that was kind of a traumatic experience from her past, but it didn't define her and she was focused on other elements. Uh, I still felt that was an important beat to bring to her because it, it was something that, that she was wronged by. And mm. and to show that, you know, there are still good people out there that want to try and make things right for those that either can't or don't want to do so for themselves. Um, often can't. And so with the relationship that Bo had developed with Dairon and become more invested in the Cobalt Soul, I was just trying to find a good point in the story to for that to naturally have taken place. And that would have happened after the conflict, you know, with the dynasty and the empire was kind of put on hold, was, you know, brought to a, a, a tentative peace. And that allowed kind of Dairon and the Cobalt Soul to focus on endeavors that have kind of been off in the wings. And so that became Dairon's next focus. Mm. Um and so yeah. letting some time pass for all that to resolve itself and an opportunity for them all to reconvene uh, that that was the moment that made sense that I, I both remembered to do it and everything else kind of lined up storyline wise and so I was glad we finally got to it yeah um, you know because it, because so many people are victimized and, and don't have the opportunity in their lives to to get that sort of, of justice or vindication and if I can bring elements of that narrative into our world, even just for our own hope, you know, mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Especially if it's my wife's character. Especially if it's a character who uh, is, you know, deserves that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's been a long time coming. It's just kind of finding the right moment that made sense to to, to tackle it. But it, it felt very good to finally to finally reveal that to her, and not knowing how she would react or take it, but. Uh, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, we, if the glad opportunity we got to it. permits. Yeah, it's I, amazing. You can get to it. I feel like if it, if, if it had come too early, she wouldn't have believed it. I, mm, I, I genuinely think there would have been point. a point of like, no, this is you're full of shit. <laughs> good. You're point. not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Talison. <clears throat> oh God, what did I do? Um. <laughs> ignore the police helicopter overhead, searching for me, and answer this question. <laughs> Uh, what were Caduceus's thoughts on the Tomb Takers and that former alliance? Uh, was he surprised by the betrayal, or did that go about how he expected? He knew it was going to come at some point, and he... Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't... There was no way that was going to last. Uh, he was hoping it would last a little longer, and he was hoping... He was really hoping that that they had a vested interest in getting them all the way to the end. Mm. Uh, and boy, that was the one surprise for him is, nope, nope, this is apparently as far as we go. And he was not prepared for that. 
and had not really uh, situated himself in a place where he thought he could de-escalate, where clearly there was no de-escalation possible. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh no, he, I mean, and I will also say Caduceus is the only character in there that doesn't have a, a history, Lucian. So I think he's a little more, I think he sees him a little more clearly than everybody else does. And there's, there's no still, baggage attached, yeah. No, and so they're, and they're all like looking for this person that, Clay, at least, is of the opinion of is just not there. Of like, whatever you think this person is, this is this is a very manipulative, very dangerous human human yep. or or you know, infernal infernal human. Uh, and just smarter than all of them on a like really aware that that there is no calculating what the hell is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And is happy to try and, and like have a like conversation is the only way you can deal with someone like that because there's no other way. <laughs> there's nothing else you can do. Yeah. So. And he's so ginger with how he talks about it. So. It's yeah. It was definitely the when you're in a situation where you are clearly outgunned and clearly outthought, the only thing you can do is try and be polite and hope that that's that's enough <clears throat> for yeah. as long as possible. Yeah. Um, speaking of infernal humans, mm. it's time for fan art of the week. Woo! Yes, I mean, it's segue, but yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. You're you're criticizing the segue. I don't understand why. Mm. I thought it was kind of made perfect sense. You know, I think it depends I, on the art. Yeah. Well, really let's take. On the art. Let's see. This week's winner was sent in by at Rin underscore Burp Burb. Let's take a look. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, okay. Okay. That's fair. Awesome. Fair. All right. I cannot get this image out of my head. Oh, like man. I saw How it. I cannot get it that? out of my head. That's it's fantastic. so pretty. That's art. Someone made that. I can't oh, believe man. it. That's a cut scene right there. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so gorgeous. There's even like like the subtleties of almost like like Van Gogh uh, texture in the skin. Mm. Yeah. Like, oh, that is beautiful. The, the way that the tears, like the lighting on the tears. Yeah. It's, oh, my God. Wow. I love this so much. That was it's a, phenomenal. Wow. Super beautiful. I, well I want to get that framed. Mm-hmm. You know, put it up here in the old shed. Hell yeah. So like Caleb's oh always crying over your shoulder. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. Be like the old days when I used to share an office with Liam. <laughs> <laughs> It's he had so to listen beautiful. to me. He had to listen to me, bitch. He'd be in tears by nine thirty. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Wouldn't you? I love this piece. It's yes. so beautiful. It's beautiful. It's so cool. Well, congratulations to you, Rin. Speaking of framing things, you have won this hundred dollar <laughs> gift card. Ah oh, man, I thought it was the same size. God damn it. You have won this. Five $100 gift card. <laughs> <sighs> you can enter our crit roll. Start kind of slice it uh, moving on. I know we got a. It's. So you were handing him the bill at the end of the meal, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I have one of those things I took Anyone's from card? A, Anyone's card? Anyone's card? Yeah. Anyone's card? That's your card? Um. We gotta hurry up because I know it's yeah. uh, it's getting it's almost midnight. And we gotta people have to work in the morning. 
both of you, Talison and Matt, uh, you both together have created this character of of, of Molly slash Lucian. Um, what's it like to have dual ownership over a character that's currently wreaking havoc on Exandria? Just in case we never this never happens again. It'll like happen I'm, again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. We're not that good. <laughs> Just not. I love it. I I really. I mean, how often do you get to be so surprised with with a, I mean, something you release into the world? It's yeah, I love it. I don't know about about you. I'm I I love everything you're doing with it. I'm having so much fucking fun. Good. I'm so glad. You can tell it's not hard to tell on television. No, and I'm so excited that he's the one who's going to kill us all. I'm just really. I know. It's, it's wonderfully poetic that this is how the game ends. <laughs> I'm loving it. Well, that'll teach you. The, the the day that you handed me Molly's backstory, uh, and basically it was a carte blanche to do whatever I wanted to with his past. I was like, okay, this this, this will be a, a fun thing to tie into the story later. And then circumstances took him out early, and I was like, shit. But wait, <laughs> yeah, I can find a. No, this actually this will work. This will work. I can make it work. And and uh, a problem a problematunity. Yeah, yeah, they... <laughs> very much so. Very much so. Problematunity. Yeah. Knocks. The the character of Lucian was always intended to be a kind of if if not a recurring antagonist, an eventual antagonist at some point in the story, not necessarily like the main antagonist, but an antagonist. Um, so that it would have been kind of a, you know. Molly being chased by the person that wanted their body back, kind of a, a narrative. Yeah. That didn't happen. Instead, <clears throat> he got his body back. And so that it's made for a, a, a whole different take on this 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 narrative. And oh, it's been delicious. Partially yes. be, partially to watch everybody else freak out and also to look over and see Talson just smiling like an idiot. Oh, yeah. Like, this yeah. is the yeah, best. It's the best. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He's just He's so much worse than I ever hoped. I like my 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 thoughts of who this person might be when I was creating the character were not nearly as interesting. No, you hand it over to Matt and that's what happens. Well, Molly Molly really is like the best parts of Lucian. Yes. Like oh yeah, boy, uh, yeah. Mm, that's a, when, that's interesting. We can, one we day when we can really talk about. I'm about to say, we'll, 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 one day we'll be able to talk really deeply about all this stuff, and I look forward to it. Right now, mm-hmm. can't go too deep into it, but but yeah, it's there's a lot of interesting dynamics between who Molly was and who Lucian was and who Lucian is, and oh, that's cool. Wow, Danny, <clears throat> I was just gonna say another full breakdown yes. that I want to have on oh, yeah. on oh yeah we'll Lucian and 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 Molly and how it all like. Oh, I have so many questions. Yep. <laughs> yep. And not, you can't answer any of them. It just raises I know. more questions. I know. It's <laughs> the best we'll, questions. We'll get to them. We'll get to them. Mm. Um, Matt, a question mm-hmm. about your wife's girlfriend. Uh, Yasha is undergoing a path to attunement with the Holy Avenger, uh, a blade that can only be wielded by a paladin. Mm-hmm. What was the inspiration behind giving her a possible opportunity to attune to this blade? And can you answer loud enough to where my fiance can hear you? <laughs> well, my my inspiration <laughs> was not to initially even give that sword. It was <laughs> they they put themselves in a circumstance where um, they were going to encounter Allura, and based on the conversation, how well that went, and how much they, information they conveyed, she may have been able to offer some aid, um, lend you know a powerful item that might be helpful, and. Then 
Travis had to get in there and try and convince Kima to throw in as well. And I was like, all right, man, good luck. And he mm-hmm. rolls ridiculously well. And I'm not going to... I'm not going to punish a player for for taking a clever avenue and then succeeding with flying yeah. colors at it. And so I was like, okay, well, sure, you get the sword. What, do you want to use it? Or do you want to use your other cool sword that's a vestige? But then it was like, well, Yasha can also use it, but she's not a paladin. Uh, so it was very reactionary. That was not my intent originally. And then once I handed it over, I was like, well, if they still want to use it. And she was actually, once Ashley saw that she was excited about the sword and did like the full kind of trade scenario with Kima, I was like, well, I mean, there's two avenues she could take with this, maybe. Because I don't want to just be like, but you can't use it. Wah, wah. That would suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you could either multi-class into Paladin, which is an avenue. Um, but then if you also look at the barbarian path she has, it's practically a barbarian mm. Paladin. Yep. Like, it's real close. Other than some, the mechanical differences, thematically, it's it's just a, a wild Paladin. So I was like, well, this kind of works out in a really uniquely beautiful way. Let me see if I can begin to lay out a path for earning it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not just going to give it to her out of the way. I feel like I feel like a lot of her re- connection and relationship with the Stormlord has been part of the mystery of her past and kind of these moments throughout the game where she's had opportunities to to connect with it more, to listen to it more, to find herself through that that guidance through these these visions. Um but now this is a this is an opportunity to really kind of step up and see if she wants to prove to be the avatar of the storm lord that he thinks she can be and so we'll see how this goes from here if she if she does well and it works out then then i think that's definitely an alternative path to attunement because it makes sense to me and that's all that matters yeah makes makes sense to me i also like with ashley's uh christmas presents i make her earn it you know so i i follow that same kind of i follow that same kind of uh, (laughs) logic If I get if something hits me, you know who sent it? Talison, <laughs> save me from sleeping outside tonight with an answer to this question. <laughs> A few episodes ago, Caduceus dabbled in deception, and oh, his no. lie did uh, <laughs> did not work out well for him. Has he officially decided that lying is not for him? And what was it like to have his, his first real lie blow up in his face? He was he was like that kid who had a really bad day in high school and like and like got yelled at by the principal and like like his stuff taken and he was like, you know what, you know what, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let loose. This is it. Apparently, like this is how the world is right now. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna dye a streak in my hair and then like fucks up like tries to give himself like a like a care cut and just ends up with half bangs he's like well okay obviously yep. i'm not that person <laughs> this was, <Yes>. a, this <laughs> was <laughs> i was i was feeling a little distraught and i didn't handle it well mm-hmm. and oh man no this is this was definitely like maybe it's maybe i'm going dark no no i'm not going dark <laughs> yep. was, i'm bad at it no That's no so i told one lie <laughs> like yep it is. You do that. You're, if you're that kid, you do it one time, and it goes way worse exactly. for you than it goes for anybody else. You end up in the principal's office, yeah. and you're there in like three weeks of detention, and every other kid gets away with it. You're like, obviously, I shouldn't be doing this. This is. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. do my wow. homework. Of all the PCs wow. in this campaign, the one I, I relate to the most, me as as Matt. Oh, to the I know. Most is Caduceus. <laughs> I'm <deeply>. aware. <laughs> I'm deeply aware. That's true. <laughs> 
my dad said that the first words <laughs> first words out of my mouth were a lie. And I was like, it's so weird because the I, my mom said that my first word was dad. Dada. Yeah, that's, that's the <laughs> Sorry, I jumped on your joke there. No, I'm glad you did, because it's like a 97-year-old man's joke. And uh, you were there the first time a guy told it. Matt? <laughs> Too true. Yes, buddy. Um, Bo and Caleb are being visited by the Somnovum in their dreams and receiving red eye tattoos. Is there anything you can tell us about those eyes? Is it a countdown or are they being shared between the two of them? What what can what can you tell us? What can I tell you? Do, do, what, do. what will you tell us? I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, yeah. the, the moment they they began to to really push to read that book, I was like, okay, this is on you. You yeah. will you will glean information like this. This was an exchange. Like this will clarify some elements, and the path you go will continue to clarify some elements. Likely. But at what cost? So, um, I it's a it's sick tattoo. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, it's great. I'm excited. I'm super excited. Um, I, I, how can I say? Mm. I'm I am excited for the point in the narrative where the the march continues back to Isil Cross. Um, I am almost impatient. Not really, because everything that's happening right now is great. But I'm almost impatient because we're on the cusp of getting to more and more of the meat, and. Uh, Man, there's just so much to learn, so much to see, so much to explore. It's, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, the Son yeah. of them, uh, Cognosa. Oh man, yeah, I can't say much because I want because there's a lot to. It's still a mystery no. in a lot of ways, but I'm. I, I, can, I can say that I'm thoroughly enjoying the the terror on their faces whenever one of these dreams happen. The concept of a ticking clock, uh, as to what the what power these eyes have. Uh, and ah, I, yeah, I love instilling my players with absolute paranoia. It's working. It's yep. working. Allison's <laughs> face says it all. Um, finally, one thing that I wanted to get to while we both we have, we have both of you on. What are your thoughts on that tarot card reading that Jester gave to Molly? Because Talison, you, you ah. made the cards, and Matt, you you pulled them. So, talk to us about it. <laughs> or Lucian, sorry, Lucian. sorry. Molly made the cards, so you yeah. Know. Molly made the Molly made the cards. Mm-hmm. So did it, did it to himself. He did. He did. He did. He did. Yeah, <laughs> that was like that's a perfect that's example. Molly coming back from the grave, and like ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. straight up, straight up. <laughs> yeah. Once again, another example of of things working out unexpectedly and too perfectly through an improvised moment, and continuing to build character development narrative and, and dramatic moments uh fuck bless the wisdom of chaos <laughs> yes I just I, I love that even to this point in the campaign Molly continues to fuck with people it's he, he is this 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 source of chaos that long outlasts his life on this planet which is everything I think he ever wanted to be oh and I'm just fully. so proud I'm so proud it's the deeply shook Lucian for reasons and yes. and uh, yeah, it's man, man. Yes. It's the smoke drop. It's the smoke bomb drop that keeps going for a year, and you're like, it's like the everlasting gobstocker smoke smoke bomb. It's just <laughs> going and you're yeah. just waiting for it to end. Yep, <laughs> the, the skunk spray that never quite goes away from the oh, inside God. of your house after your dog rubs yep. on all the furniture. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Matt, is that story uh, relatable recently? 
Not recently, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from fa family in the past. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We've had that happen. And when you have a dog that's the size of a Mack truck, the spread area gets a lot bigger and a lot harder to contain. That's why every time you guys used to come by the house, there was always a new couch out front being thrown away. <laughs> I love you both. Thank you for being on. Thank you for staying up so late. I know you both must be exhausted. Danny, thank you for staying up so late and for uh, getting all those extra lights for your apartment. Yep. Um, <laughs> what is this? What is this? Oh, my God. Thank you, Matt. It's a postcard from the place that Matt's at. That's awesome. <laughs> it looks exactly like... Holy shit, how did this get here so I fast? The, the the mail works apparently in some places a lot better. Well, um, I just wanted to share with you the experience. God bless the USPS. It's a good thing those motherfuckers couldn't take him down. You know what I mean? This never would have happened. Thank you, Matt. It's I'm true. gonna I'm gonna put this never right fuck here. With a mailman. No, yeah. never no. fuck with a mailman. <laughs> no, nope. our mail lady's got she's got mace like like uh, Caleb has books, just ready to come out at any time. I <laughs> uh, love you. Thank you for being on, Danny. As always, thank you for. Being our lore keeper, lore master. Thank you for having us. Hey, don't forget to love each other. Stay turnt. We'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> I almost said next week. I keep forgetting. We'll be back in two weeks. Until then, don't forget to love each other. And don't worry. It's almost turnt today. <laughs> Goodbye, my love. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye, Bye. everyone. Thank you for listening to Talks Mocking on the Critical Role Podcast Network. If you like this episode, please consider supporting us by rating and reviewing this podcast on whatever podcasting app you're using. Tox Machina airs every other Tuesday at twitch.tv slash critical role. Until next time.